Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's cooking, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show podcast, episode 480. We are presented by these guys right here, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself, formulated with the perfect combination of boxing, strength, and cardio conditioning intervals designed to make you look good, feel good, and leave you with more than just a great sweat. Head on down to Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale. We're also sponsored by Bet Online. Line.ag. Sign up for that 50% bonus by using the promo code capital BLEAV50. We got the NFL divisional round, playoff round coming up this weekend. We got a very special guest on the line today via, I think you're in New York City, right, Mr. That's Craig correct. Siegel? I, I am so excited to talk to you today, man. It's probably a crisp uh, January day in New York City. I can only, you know, attest to that. I grew up in Jersey, and that's why I live in Phoenix now, so I don't have to deal with, you know, 25, 30-degree weather. But I'm sure you like it. It's definitely brisk, brother. First thing I did today when I woke up after I did my journaling, I went through my routine. I went for a nice 10K, 6.2-mile run in Central Dude. Park and back. It was brisk, brother. You could see your own breath, that type of cold. But you know what? It's also refreshing, right? It's all about perspective. There you are right there. So when did you get into running, just to get right into it? Because you said, like, you weren't always that into to running. It was recent, like, within the last four or five years. That's correct. Yeah, you did your homework, brother. I love it. So a few years back, I, I was on Wall Street. As many people know, it's very well documented. I was a business owner. Um, but essentially, it was sucking my soul. And I was unfulfilled. And that's being nice about it i was miserable and i didn't know what i wanted to do i was always searching for something i knew i was meant for more in this world um, but ultimately i stumbled upon running and i was so fascinated by the fact that essentially in my personal opinion it's about 95 percent mental as long as you're physically able to put one foot in front of the other it's that voice in your head that you have to combat just like life and so i have a very addictive personality um, after a couple runs, it signed up for the New York City Marathon a couple years back. That led to four marathons that year. Uh, and it's just a big part of my life. I just ran the New York City Marathon a little over a month ago with a PR, a personal record of 339, right after surgery and so forth. Um, I just love running, brother. I love the mental aspect out of it. And to be honest with you, I do some of my best thinking and get my best creative juices flowing uh, on a nice run. It's a big part of my life. Not going to be a professional runner. That's not what it's about. It's just an arena for me to be a gladiator. And, and from the bottom of my heart, I love running. I'm very grateful to have found it. But at the same time, like you said right there, like it's more of the mental aspect. You're probably creative juices are flowing as you're running as anybody would when you're getting a good workout. And at least that's my experience. You know, you get a good workout and that's when your best ideas come to forefront. But at the same time, you're probably competing with yourself. Like you said, like you did an all-time best recently in, in the New York City Marathon. But are you competing with yourself? Obviously not with other people because like the goal isn't to be the greatest of all time. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for me, every single thing that I do in life, I treat like the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm gonna treat this conversation right now like it's a Super Bowl. Like, like it might be our last. Like, who knows? I want to yeah. give everything we got. So running is no different. You know, I look forward to pushing and expanding my capacity on what I believe to be possible for myself. And, and I believe we are all limitless once we tap into 
um, that fifth dimension, so to speak, the quantum, and, and we understand the law of attraction, all that. Uh, I don't I don't believe there's anything that we can't do. So every time I run or, you know, when you do the marathons, it's a little bit different of a buzz. There's a crowd there. Uh, and obviously you want to run as fast as you can. You want to do a good job. Uh, I'm a competing against myself. I'm just excited to see what we can do uh, because I believe whatever I could do on the marathon circuit, we could translate to other areas of life. Uh, and yes, I am a pretty competitive cat. I think yeah. uh, it's a good trait to have. I, I mean, you're obviously a very, very motivated individual. I, I kind of want to pick your brain and kind of get inside your brain a little bit of you growing up. I know you studied entrepreneurial studies at uh, Hartford, was it? You know, yes. growing up uh, back east, you know, getting into Wall Street, you know, being very successful as you were building two eight-figure businesses and then getting to the point where it was like, I I'm, I guess I'll use the word burnout. You weren't as happy. Obviously, you weren't sleeping much. You know, like in the early days of building businesses, you're working 20, 21, 22-hour days, you know, you know, right. just trying to build whatever it is that you're building. So to go back to, you know, you growing up uh, back east, like what was it for you? What kind of sparked your interest in wanting to get into the business side of things? To be honest with you, when, when I was younger, I didn't really have a ton of motivation. I was very curious, which I think is a good trait to have. I was always curious on how things worked. Um, I was fascinated by the stock market and stuff of that nature. But ultimately, when I went to college, if we're being 100% transparent, I wasn't super motivated back then. I went to college because that's what you were supposed to do after high school. Um, and, and nothing that I learned in college, if I'm being honest, really stimulated me because they don't teach you personal development in school. They teach like whatever it is that you sign up for your curriculum, that's what you're gonna learn. Yeah. So it didn't really fascinate me and maybe that's on me. You know, I gotta take accountability for that. Maybe I should have forced myself to be a little bit more inquisitive about some of those subjects, but they just weren't for me straight up. So after college, um, as an ambitious young man, you live in New York, there's a good chance that you might end up on Wall Street and that's what I did. Uh, and I started to also simultaneously discover personal development. And basically what was so fascinating to me is that I understood that where we're at now is not an indication of where we can be. It's right. not a life sentence. And I started to understand that I can develop confidence. Even if I wasn't born with it, so to speak, I could cultivate confidence or command. I could build my self-belief. I could change my perspective, unplug myself from the matrix, so to speak. And, and I started to have a ton of success from a business standpoint and that began to give me a lot of confidence. Also, a lot of the personal development stuff I learned, I applied to real life stuff like relationships, right? And, and stuff of that nature. And so when I got to Wall Street out of college, it was the same time I discovered personal development. And that really was the kicker that would propel me for the rest of my life. I mean, it's awesome that you've been able to keep that same mindset through it all because, you know, you hear mixed things about Wall Street. Obviously, very successful if you're working your butt off, but at the same time, you, you, you see it in movies. You see it just through word of mouth in New York City. Like, it could be a very toxic environment. What what was your experience with that starting out? Yeah, same thing, brother. It, it was exciting until it wasn't, you know? Um, it, it was fun, and I'm very grateful for it because I learned a tremendous amount of life lessons there, such as discipline and structure and work ethic, and that's all great and priceless, which I will carry me with every single thing I do for the rest of my life. But ultimately, it was soul-sucking. Um, just like advertised. And that's why I pivoted and I started my own business, still in finance, but a little bit different um, and, and a lot less stressful. Um, but ultimately, still didn't light my soul on fire. I felt like I was waking up every day and going to a job. And so right. to answer your question in a nutshell, it's true. 
Uh, it could be soul sucking. At least that's what it was for me personally. Um, but I don't regret anything. I taught, I learned so many lessons there and obviously life happens for us, not to us. All that had to happen to propel me to what I'm doing now. How, how quickly did you realize like, this is soul sucking. This is something I built, but maybe it's time to step away for a little bit. Cause I know like during COVID you had the time to kind of process everything as did everybody else, what their next move was going to be. You had time to really get your mentals in order, but was it more of, you know, this is something I built. I got to keep doing it. I got to see it through. It's, it's, become you know this mecca it, it's been the most successful part of my business career or was it more of a, along the lines of like this is really not working out for me mentally i have to pull the plug right away or was it did it take a while for you to pull that plug i was stuck brother straight up i i was stuck i was in the rat race right it was like this you know in new york city as a business owner if you're not going 300 miles an hour you get run over and so and I need to take accountability for this. I didn't give myself a minute to to be grounded and reassess. I was caught up in, in the work cycle, so to speak. And so I knew a few years back, if I'm being honest, like maybe five, six years ago, um, that this was a stressful environment and it, it didn't light my soul on fire. And when you're in stuff like that, when you find yourself stuck, even in a relationship that's not working, right? You you begin to question, like, is this it for me? Like, it, it, what you know, people are in love, but like, you know, I'm in a toxic relationship. Like, do, does that really exist? And you begin to like second guess yourself, and you, and you create all these limiting beliefs. And the pandemic provided me an opportunity that I didn't take. I, I'd like to say my whole life, but specifically the last ten years on Wall Street a minute to just pause, reassess, ask myself the tough questions. Am I really happy? Absolutely not. And, and then kind of utilize my strategies from studying personal development for so long and kind of figure out what are my passions? What are my gifts? And just give myself an opportunity to put myself in that frequency and realize that I don't hundred percent know what we're about to do, but I know this, I don't want to go back there. How long did it take you specifically to realize what your next mission in life was going to be? Because, you know, I've heard you talk about going from like the me mentality to the we mentality, you know, like you, you, you and you alone could grow, you know, it, it's been proven, but you know, being around a team like that, that's, you know, efficient growth, you know, like efficiency is key and you're going to grow with everything that you've built, whether it would be with CLS or anything else that you got going on. So I'm curious as to how long it took you to realize what that next move was going to be in inserting, you know, a team around you to do it. That's a great point, Jack. I appreciate you saying that. And ultimately I shut down my office in March, 2020. I thought based upon the news, I only had two weeks and we'd be back. And I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. As soon as the pandemic started, I saw a lot of people doing a lot of Netflix and a lot of day drink. And I said, that's not going to be me. Yeah. And I just put myself in this frequency and I felt guided. And it's pretty, some pretty spiritual, deep stuff, but I felt guided. I'd always felt guided my whole life. Like I was meant for something more, um, but I was in all the chaos. Uh, for the first time, I, I was grounded and I kind of heard those whispers. Uh, and, and ultimately, I just asked myself two things based upon my strategies from personal development. What are my gifts and what are my passions? And my gifts, and hopefully your audience will agree, is my ability to elevate, inspire, and actually facilitate positive action. That that was done. Okay, no problem. What are my passions? Simple. Personal development. I'm obsessed with this stuff, brother. Removing limiting beliefs, implementing positive thoughts, a law of attraction, building, all that stuff. And so I married the two, 
uh, my ability to communicate and my love for personal development. And I started my CLS brand. I'll, I'll never forget. As soon as I had the clarity and I made a little video like this, almost like a mission statement, speaking to myself uh, on what this is going to look like and where we could take this thing. Uh, wow. To be honest with you, this just got me emotional. After in a little bit, when I have a, a little bit you know, more time today, I, sh I should run that back and just watch it. Um, but ultimately, I put together a whole strategy of vision, uh, and then I started taking action. And I was motivated by two things. Number one, I did not want to go back and wake up every day like I was going to a job because that's what it felt like. And number two, now that I finally, after all these years, my whole life really, put together this idea of what I actually want to do in this world, who I want to become, um, from there, it, it, was, it was pretty straightforward. I, I put together the vision, and I was very committed. And I started taking action immediately. In fact, I think from the moment the pandemic occurred and I shut down my office uh, until I bought my domain for CultivateLastingSymphony.com was probably maybe three or four weeks. Wow, really? That quick of a turnaround? Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable, man. When you, when you talk about inspiring all of these people, you know, using some of your experience, what were some of those personal experiences that you had when growing your businesses and getting to that fatigue part where you were just flat out miserable, you know, just like to go into some specific stories that you had that you want to share with the people that you're aligning yourself with to give them the idea of like, oh, you, like this is relatable to what I'm going through. This isn't who I want to be anymore. And you're who I want to become, you know, more like. Yeah, let's just keep it simple. Do you wake up every day enthusiastic or do you wake up every day and you feel like you're going to a job? And if the answer is the latter, uh, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Because spoiler alert, like we only have a short time here in this human experience, depending upon what you believe in, soul, spirits and all that. As an earthly experience, only have a certain amount of time. You don't want to waste any more time doing something that is not only not fun, not stimulating, but doesn't set your soul on fire. And I was at a point where I was waking up every day and I was very unexcited to go to work. Doesn't mean I didn't give it my all because I give everything my all, but I just wasn't excited. I was the type of cat that dreaded Mondays and looked forward to the weekends. And now my favorite day of the week is Monday. Uh, and essentially, as an entrepreneur, you know, it's seven days a week. But uh, that's that's how I felt, brother. I was not excited at all to go to work. And I, and what I learned, and this is really key, is making money doesn't necessarily equal success. Because I was making money on Wall Street. That wasn't the point. In my personal opinion, success is measured by how happy you are. And I couldn't be more happy, excited, enthusiastic, passionate about what I'm doing today. In fact, you know, my days are very full. I don't like to use the word busy, but like I, I work a lot, but I, I'm married to this stuff. I, this isn't work to me. This conversation with you, hopefully make a giant impact with your amazing audience. This is awesome. Love this stuff. And before that, I was hosting my membership call. I had a coaching call. I did an IG live, filming a podcast with a big celebrity and just have a million things going on. I have a meeting for a sponsorship for the podcast with Mark Cuban's team. Like it just all happened, but I love this stuff. And everyone always asked me like, how are you always so happy and excited? Because I spent 35 years essentially trying to find myself. Now that I do, it's just a different level of gratitude. To come full circle and answer your question, if you're waking up every single day and you're dreading the day or you're not excited, then that's how you can identify that you're in the wrong place. I mean, that just by what you just said right there, it seems like a jam-packed day, and most people would be like, man, that's so busy. But if you love what you're doing, it's not work. Like, you're 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 absolutely 1000% excited and enthusiastic about all this stuff that you got going on just on Wednesday, January 19th, let alone what you got coming in the next day, the next month, the next year. I mean, it's awesome to see. I, I always laugh at people who are like, just like up oh, 
four more days till Friday, man. You know, like Monday morning, they're just like, four more days till the weekend. It's like, well, you got four days right in front of you. What are you going to do? What are you going to make Listen, out of it? I've been there, so I, I get it. But we only take responsibility and accountability for that. It doesn't have to be like that. Where you're at right now is not a life sentence, like I said earlier. We can change not just something, everything in an instant. The, this, the moment that we decide we want more for ourselves. And we're committed to see that through. Everything can change. But you say that. I, I've been there, brother. So I'm empathetic to people. But the good news is, is it doesn't have to last. We could change everything in an instant. And, and I just want to acknowledge you for a second. I get the senses. My intuition usually serves me right. That this doesn't work for you either, brother. You genuinely love this stuff. Oh, my God. 1,000%. And I hope to uh, never get to a point where I'm like, this isn't working out anymore. Because, again, love this. Love having conversations like this with you. You know, just getting to you know, share experiences. Cause again, like what we're talking about right now, you went through that, you know, went down the rabbit hole of having a, a job that you built, but at the same time, weren't feeling it. And now you're doing something that not only you enjoy, but you're watching other people who you're working with and working for to help out and inspire watching them. Uh, you know, ha like, like you said before, quote unquote, setting their soul on fire. In a sense, would you say when you were building your businesses at first and having breakthrough moments and, you know, building your way through the entrepreneurial ladder, that it was more about satisfying you as opposed to what you're doing now, satisfying everybody that you're working with and everybody that's involved that you're inspiring? Do you mean pre-CLS or after CLS? Yeah, like while you were building your businesses on Wall Street and everything um, that you were doing like, leading up to you eventually leaving that. Yeah, I just, you know, I was trying to find myself, brother. I'm a lot better now. I work on myself every single day. I imagine I'll be a lot better in a week from now, uh, in a couple of days from now, in a couple of hours from now. I'm always working on myself. But ultimately, back then, like, like how did I seek validation? A, a nice watch, a nice car, yeah. fancy things back then. Uh, and then you grow up. You know, everybody has to go through some stuff, and you get perspective. Now, I, I'm, I feel validated through contribution, right, through contributing to somebody's life by making an impact and, and all the testimonials come in literally hundreds a day. Thank you so much. I heard one thing you said on a podcast or I was on your membership call and you changed my whole perspective. That's what it's all about for me to genuinely just contribute, make an impact where someone hears this conversation and, and wants to take immediate positive action, wants to do something a little bit differently, or even just see something from a different perspective. That's how I seek validation today. And, and it's a beautiful place to be in. But I can only appreciate this moment and this place that I'm in now because of where I was years back when that wasn't the case. I was a little bit more immature. So you got to go through some stuff. You know, there's always a season of harvest and there's a season of growth, just like anybody will tell you. You got to go through some stuff to develop some perspective and really find yourself in this world. So would you be, you know, of the line of thinking everything happened for a reason? Like looking back at that, you went through that stuff as, as shitty as it was and as, you know, at times very successful as it was like it all happened for a reason for you to get to this point like are you religious in that sense to say like there was a higher power a higher calling that got me to this point life happens for us not to us i believe that with every ounce of me just like a few months back uh, when i was a big speaking engagement and i got injured playing football on the beach with the boys came home i my foot was misdiagnosed as a sprained ligament it ultimately turned out to be a tumor in my foot which shook me up because um, no one expected that, but the old Craig would have handled that a lot differently, maybe more of a pity party, whereas the new Craig, I just said, all right, I'm going to give myself a second to catch my breath. I know this is happening for a reason. Um, the next day, so the best doctors in Manhattan has to offer, got the surgery, got it taken out, and still was able to get an opportunity to run the New York City Marathon to honor my pops who's battling cancer and raise money for American Cancer Society. 
all while having no physical training and running a PR the fastest I ever ran in my life. And so I know that everything happens for us, not to us. And for the audience listening, this is very valuable stuff. Whenever a moment of what you think is adversity or, or a challenge or an obstacle is happening, trust me when I tell you, it's propelling you to something greater, to something bigger. Um, and you might not be able to identify it in the moment. Trust me, I didn't know what it was with the tumor. And look, maybe it was an early diagnosis or maybe it was so I could really start diving into this quantum stuff so I could learn all this content and give it back to the audience to help even more lives. Whatever the case may be, when something like that happens, if you have that mindset that it's happening for us, not to us, um, it's just a whole different life. And, and I don't regret anything. I couldn't have started CLS four years ago. I had to right. go through what I went through, right? Or grow through um, what I went through to get to this point where I have all this life experience. And this is that moment to kind of pour it back into the world. I mean, that's a lot of growth in four years. And I'm sure you could probably say that you have to re teach yourself and retrain your brain to think that way every day because it's very easy to say like things happen for us not to us because again like when you get the diagnosis for your dad you're probably thinking like okay like i have to keep preaching this or else like you said the old craig comes out and it's like you react a completely different way how, how difficult is it to kind of retrain your brain to think that every day at least starting out that way a couple of years ago well, you got to understand that that stuff is really, is pretty recent. The whole life happens right. for us, not to us thing. You know, since I started CLS and, and doing all the sharpening, the axe every single day and working on myself, personal development, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, you just have a different perspective about life now. You know, you kind of unplug yourself from the matrix and you understand and you go through some stuff. So it, it's really not that difficult at all. It's a choice, right? You can choose stress or you can choose peace. You know, I choose peace and I choose perspective uh, and I go about my life a whole different way now. For the audience listening, the best part is, is whatever beliefs that you currently have in your life, you were not born with. You cultivated them over time, whether it be your parents, uh, society, the internet, friends, whatever the case may be. Those limiting beliefs or those maybe not positive beliefs were just thoughts in your head. And if you replace those thoughts with more empowering ones, right and you get rid of the disempowering ones and you create new beliefs which create new habits which create new results so you can start whenever you decide to become self-aware that you just have a lot of negative thoughts and we can replace those with more empowering ones i'm very curious to know you know with what you just said very interesting to me about what your uh, childhood was like in that sense then you know because again going into entrepreneurial studies and being as successful as you were as an entrepreneur you know, at a school in New York, what, what, what was it for you, kind of some of those experiences that you had that kind of triggered your brain to think a different way as opposed to everybody kind of just going through everyday life, just, you know, wanting to have friends, being satisfied with just, you know, an average life? What was it for you that kind of set your soul on fire to want more? To be honest with you, once I graduated college and I went to Wall Street and I simultaneously discovered personal development is when everything changed for me. Up until that point, like like, like the beginning of my life, like I was curious. Uh, I had some signs of ambition, you know, I like to hustle and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't figure it all out until after college and I discovered personal development and all that stuff. Wow. What, what did you want to do before college? Did you have any other dreams that never really came to it? Like, I'm sure you, you are at a point right now where you thought when you were 15, like, I did not think I was going to be in this situation doing what I'm doing now. No, I had no idea, brother. Straight up. I, I love movies, right? I, I was always obsessed with the movie business. I thought it was so cool, Hollywood and all that. Um, but ultimately, I didn't know. It wasn't like my parents are the best. I have one of the closest families ever. Um, you know, it's four of us. It's my parents, my, and my brother and myself. 
Um, but they didn't necessarily install in me, like from an early age, like do this, like be a doctor, be a baseball player or something like that. Um, they were just, re- you know, really good parents and stuff like that. But ultimately, until I discovered personal development is when I really started to strategically and intentionally utilize my thoughts to create new beliefs and have visions and think big and realize that there is literally nothing that we can't accomplish. Um, but growing up, you know, I was a little bit lost in the wilderness with no compass straight up, man. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult that at that age, you know, I want to say between like 13 and 17 years old for some people, kind of like that high school era, you're, you're just looking to fit in, you know, some people very, you know, early on figure out like, okay, this isn't for me. I'm going to go my separate way and start working on self-development. Like you said, and other people just like, they don't pick up on it. Yeah. I think ultimately I was actually always trying to fit out. I I just felt something in me. I felt guided. I just knew I was meant for more. I just wasn't able to understand it and identify it. Um, Then I got caught up in life. You know, I, I was busy um, doing things, this, that, the other thing. And then once I discovered personal development, it was like, okay, this I l- genuinely love. And then ultimately now it's easier to connect the dots looking backwards, right? As Steve Jobs said, but then the pandemic happened, I grounded myself and it was like, of course, right. personal development is what you love and it's a beautiful thing. And you know, I guess I always had ability to uh, be energetic and inspire people to take action. People would always come to me for a pep talk and stuff like that. And, and so once I took a second to identify that, look, everybody has gifts. Everyone listening to this newsflash, you have gifts. Um, the best people are those that are able to identify what they are and then utilize them to make a major contribution and impact to this world. And, and fortunately, I was able to do that. Who were some of the, like the big role models that you had, you know, just looking out, you know, just Again, seeing like I want to put like obviously like the David Meltzer's of the world aside because again he I think he does tremendous work for everybody like he takes time out of his day to again carve out time for everybody that reaches out to him. There you guys are in New York City, probably on one of your runs too. Uh, but right. who who are some of you know the early role models when you look at like big names you know like Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Robert Downey Jr. People who went through shit and overcame it to a point where like everything that they say and do is just so smooth to where you're like, I, I, I want to develop a, a trait like that where like I'm confident all the time and at the same time helping other people. From a fictional standpoint, 007 James Bond. Really? From a realistic standpoint, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That guy was always such a visionary to me when I was growing up. I was just so fascinated by his story, how he came from Austria, couldn't even speak English, went to the U.S., always had a strategy, was always playing chess, thinking 10 moves ahead. He was going to utilize bodybuilding to become the number one bodybuilder in the world, get a little credibility, take that, parlay that with Hollywood, become the highest paid actor of all time, did that, bang, uh, went into real estate, and then ultimately into politics. He was just always thinking 10 moves ahead. That guy, as a visionary, always inspired me. The Rock, you mentioned also, he's a big visionary as well. I grew up a diehard wrestling fan. I've had a bunch of the big wrestlers on the podcast. I was always fascinated by them. But I love the fact that he kind of outgrew wrestling and he wanted more and he wanted to pivot. Uh, and then he went to Hollywood and now he's the highest paid actor on the planet. And he's arguably one of the most famous and impactful people in the world. Uh, and he's a visionary too. And he wasn't scared to pivot and try a whole different arena, um, just like I did when I left Wall Street and started this. So guys like that, big visionaries, big chess players, Walt Disney really excites me. I just love big risk takers and people who think really big and change the paradigm. Guys like that, 
uh, would, would ultimately really affect me in a positive way. Right, like in the moment, you're thinking like, really, you're going to walk away from this? On a much lesser scale, you talk about pro wrestlers. Dave Batista walked away from millions of dollars with pro wrestling and WWE. He said he starved for three years after, you know, trying to pursue his acting career. You know, but it was something that he wanted to do deep inside of his soul. He's like, I'm, I'm not passionate about this anymore. I'm going to go a different direction. It wasn't about the money for him, obviously, because he struggled a lot heading into it. And then he finally hooks up with the Drax role for Guardians of the Galaxy. And all of a sudden, he's one of the top Marvel guys, as well as one of the top guys in new movies you see today with like Dune and anything else. You know, it's so like you never, you never really it's know. Nice. Great analogy. So it's so true. Similar to The Rock, right? Different paths, but also similar. Uh, he was one of the top stars in wrestling, and he left in his prime um, to seek out fulfillment and make himself happy and explore and be curious and challenge himself. And I'm glad that you attested to the fact that it didn't. He didn't hit the ground running. He kind of had to find himself. Is he the big muscle guy? Can he actually act? And then ultimately, now he's one of the bigger stars in Hollywood. Does multiple things. Phenomenal analogy. Uh, do you, with the people that you work with, with CLS or anybody that joins the calls, you know, obviously you talk to Jake Iggy, you know, you're talking to me right now, just like kids, maybe straight out of school, maybe kids still in, in school. But then you're also talking to people who are probably walking away from big type money, being an entrepreneur, working for some big firm that want to pursue their passions above anything else so that they can, quote unquote, set their soul on fire and wake up every day excited to live their life. Has there been anyone in particular that you've worked with? that you said like, hell yeah, like this is gonna be a big, big shift, but we're gonna make it work. You mean in regards to clients or like mentorship? Uh, both, clients or mentorship. Because again, like you work with so many different people from so many different avenues. I'm very interested to hear if there were any stories that you went going in and they told you what their setup was and what they're walking away from. And if you were you know, excited for them or at the same time a little bit worried. Yeah, no, first of all, I'm at a point right now and I say it very humbly where I get to choose who I get to work with. And I want to work with people that excite me. Yeah. People that are hungry, uh, but doing things for the right reasons, filled with a lot of love in their heart, and they just want to make an impact to contribute whatever that looks like. And, and I've, I've worked with a lot of people who have left corporate or left their nine to five and started something completely different and are now more happy and more successful and more fulfilled and even making more money than they ever made in their life. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's the message that, that really I project, right? Is that you can pivot, you could change your life at any moment, and, and there's no limits on what you can achieve. And to answer your question, brother, there's been an abundance of people that I've helped do that. And if there was someone um, that wanted to make a big change that I didn't necessarily see the vision or, or if I didn't understand where they were coming from, then I would be transparent with them. Maybe I'm not the right fit for them, whatever the case would be, but typically... I always see the best in people. I always think there's potential, and I always believe there's a way. That's interesting, too, because, again, like you could get someone who's just kind of down in the dumps mentally. You talk about the mental aspect of it above everything else. You know, some people just are so down and out to where it's like, this is my life now, and they can't get out of that, that hole. Yeah, they feel defeated. Man, I mean, it's very, it's a very hard thing to do. I mean, you've been through it. I think we've all been through it where we're down in that rabbit hole of just feeling sorry for ourselves and it's very hard to get out of. But eventually you got to wake up, you know, face the music in a sense, right? Like you have to be like, it starts and ends with me. Like all these other scenarios happening around me, like they're happening for a reason, but and maybe not, they're not totally on you. You're not responsible for all of them, but you're responsible for the situation that you're in at the end yeah, of the day. 
Yeah, I give anybody all the strategies in the world to do what we just did over the last year and a half and explore. I, I can pump people up. I, I can bring a lot of energy. I can excite people. I can change their mindset, all that stuff. But somebody has to have a, a small burning desire within them that they want more. If they have zero, then it doesn't matter what I do or what I say. Because at the end of the day, someone's got to look themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, like, how bad do you want it? Like, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you want to make a change? I can't convince you of that. If there's even a little bit of a possibility that you think there's more out there for you, then we can change everything. No problem. You know, not follow me. Come with me 100%. But you got to have something inside you, a burning desire that you want something more, that you want to put a dent in the universe, that you want to make an impact. You have to have that 100%. So again, to kind of go off of that, what does it take to get into the mentorship program alike? When you're talking to someone, is it like you got to hear that bass in their voice? You got to hear their story. They have You have to know that they want it. You got to read their body language in a sense, because I feel like if someone just walks in and just like, yeah, I mean, I think this is for me, you know, I don't really like what I'm doing, but they're not very enthusiastic about it. Like, I'm very curious as to what your, your process is when bringing people in and denying people for that matter. Look, I'm unique, right? Everybody's unique. Everyone has their own style. I understand I might not be everyone's cup of tea, everyone's glass of whiskey. It is what it is, right? Uh, I want to work with people that want to do big things that, that are doing it for the right reasons. Um, and ultimately, I want to work with people that excite me. And I'm very blessed and very grateful to be in a position where CLS has done extremely well uh, in a relatively short period of time where I could choose who I want to work with, right? Um, when most people are starting entrepreneurship or they're starting a business in the beginning, um, and I can relate to this because in the beginning, I had a lot of business coming in right at the gate, but ultimately some of it was a little draining if I'm being honest with you. So now I get to be a lot more selective and I want to work with people that excite me ultimately. Um, and that's a choice, but ultimately you have to get to that point, right? Um, you have to make things happen. You have to put yourself in a position where you get to work with the people that energize you and so forth. And that doesn't mean that everyone has to be on fire all the time. I understand that I have a responsibility to get people on fire and all that, um, but ultimately, you attract like attracts like, right? Like, look at the people in the CLS membership, like, like our buddy uh, Jake and the other 250 people. Like, it's all people from all different walks of life. Everybody's doing something a little bit different. A lot of entrepreneurs, whatever the case would be, but there's one common ingredient in all of them, and that's growth. Everybody wants to grow in some capacity, and that's what I want to surround myself with. I mean, everybody's excited to show up every day. Like for those calls specifically, I'm sure you rarely get people who can't make it. Everybody has it in their calendar. Like I am invested into this. Like I'm here for a reason. Everybody's here to grow. Everybody's here to associate themselves with people who want to grow and kick ass every day. Kind of kick down that proverbial door every day. And with Jake, what he what he's doing, I want to give him props too. Because again, like we've been in contact for a few years now. Everything he's got going on with Iggy Sports Talk, he's focusing on the mental health side of things as well, which is obviously a true passion of his. You could tell. Like I remember when he first started, just talking about sports, which which you know he's passionate about. But then you look at the other side, talking about mental health, he, that really gets him going. And you could just tell on the base of his voice that that's something that he's excited about. And he's been telling me all about you for months now. And I'm glad that we finally got to have this conversation to kind of talk about, you know, what you're providing and who you want to associate yourself with. Because at the end of the day, like you said, like light feeds light, you know, energy feeds energy. You don't want to surround yourself with just anybody because then you're going to be right back in the rat race. Like you said before, if you're starting this and accepting 
everybody, eventually it's going to wear you down and burn you out. That's it. And I, I have a responsibility to my community, right? Like we need to keep the integrity intact. For me, it's not about the money. I'm, I'm very humble to say like it, we have money coming from all different directions now. Um, so with the membership specifically, which I think you're referring to, we, we got to keep the integrity in, intact. As we continue to grow, it's got to be the right type of cat, right? The right type of person, the right type of support system. So I'm glad that you said that it, it's so true. And, and I'm really big on energy, brother. Like even like everybody that I met from CLS on out, I love it. I love how part of my life. A lot of the people from before CLS, I don't have much contact with. And it's nothing personal, so to speak. It's just I'm spreading my wings. I'm growing. I'm doing my thing. And I just don't find as much in common with some of those people. In addition, um, some people that, now that I'm so self-aware, so to speak, is like some people that used to be toxic or energy draining, I just don't have any room for that in my life. Uh, so just because somebody was in your life for a certain amount of time doesn't give them a hall pass to have a life sentence with you. So you need to be very selective with who you keep in your proximity, right? Who you allow um, to vibe with, so to speak. And that's a really big message I want to hand on to the audience. Be very intentional with who you surround yourself with. I mean, you've had the experiences, both good and bad, to realize who you want to surround yourself with. And you could probably just tell based on conversations you have with people wanting to join the mentorship program or potential clients that want to work with you, whether or not you want to work with them pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Yeah, for sure. I have a very good intuition. Um, and I turn people down often. And just is what it is. It's nothing personal, just not a good fit, right? You want to work with, you want to have synergy with somebody. You want someone that that likes your vibe, uh, that's coachable, obviously, was one of the most important traits, uh, myself included, right? Like I have mentors, everybody should have a mentor uh, in life at, at any age. And I have zero regrets in life. I believe everything happens for a reason exactly the way it's supposed to be. But if I had to choose one, would that be that I didn't have mentorship earlier on in life? Because it, it's just such an it, advantage to have support and experience and a different perspective, you know, having your back, so to speak. And so ultimately, I think that's key, brother. And in regards to working, you to choose who you want to work with. And that's the beauty of what I'm doing now. Like, this isn't work to me. I get, trust me, I have to say no to a lot of podcasts too. You know, I don't know you that well, um, but I do now with this conversation and I love it already. And I'm super glad um, that our mutual friend connected us. And I have a feeling it's just the beginning of the friendship, but ultimately everybody has to be super intentional with who they allow to infiltrate their bubble of serenity because spoiler alert, we only have a certain amount of time here, right? On, on this human experience. So you want to make sure you make every second count. Live with a sense of urgency. I had Ed Milet on the show a couple of weeks back, and he was talking about scarcity mindset. Typically, people think that's a negative. No, he treats everything like it's going to be his last. He gives it everything he got, every conversation, every podcast. And I really dug that, that he said that. And it's so true. So bottom line, be super strategic and intentional with your proximity and who you allow to feed off your energy and also who's your energy that you give to other people. You never know if it's going to be your last message. I mean, that that's both scary and inspiring at the same time, right? Like you never truly know who's listening, who's who's watching in, who you're inspiring with each conversation that you're having. And you just you just do not know 
who is going to be impacted by what you're going to say in any podcast that you do. Because, again, like you don't do everyone's podcast, but I've seen you've done a lot of work. You have your own show as well, talking to the Ed Millettes of the world, David Meltzer's alike. You know, you are passionate about spreading the word of finding happiness, finding that level of pro- pro- productivity that allows you to be happy in a way that other people aren't on a daily basis, working a nine-to-five job, getting stuck in the rat race. Uh, I'm very curious as to what your mindset was growing up, too, because, again, like, growing up, you don't have much knowledge as a young kid, you know, 5, 10, 15 years old. You know, you're told to listen to your parents, right? And as you kind of grow older, you're like, I kind of, now that I'm an adult, I can listen to myself more. I, I have my own intuition. I know what my gut is telling me to do as opposed to what my parents might think is best for me. What, what, at what age did you kind of cross that line, I guess? You know, I'm, I'm curious as to when you cross the line of knowing my parents want what's best for me, but at the same time, my intuition is much stronger than the advice that they're giving me. Um, again, circle back when I got to out, out of college and I got to Wall Street and I simultaneously identified and discovered mindset, neurolinguistic programming, how to reprogram the brain, personal development. That's when I understood that you can learn how to learn. Yeah. Right. So they don't teach you this stuff in school, how to change your mindset and remove limiting beliefs and change what you associate pain and pleasure to. And so, and to be honest with you, my parents never pressured me one way or the other. They were just really supportive. Um, but, but ultimately I would do things a little bit different if I'm being honest, if, and when I should be so fortunate to have a kid of my own, uh, I would like to install some beliefs in them at an early age that I think would be super productive. Um, but, but I had to find my way. I had to find myself in this world. And after college, when I discovered personal development, it really helped a lot. That's how I built the business. So I run a, a bunch of marathons and ultimately that led to becoming my life what I do now. And I can tell you, I'll be doing this the rest of my life in some capacity. I, I believe it. I mean, you've preached it for a while now, and it's very exciting to see what you got going on. And with, with everything that has come with it, the, the, the people that have been inspired that want to reach out to you and just have a conversation with you. Like I've been excited for this for about a month, whenever we scheduled this out, just to have this conversation between the two of us to kind of pick your brain about some of your experiences and what kind of gets you going, why this really motivates you to do what you're doing, not just for you, but to build yourself around a core group of people that want to kick ass too. So it, it's been awesome having you on. How can we reach out to you via social media for people that want to get in contact? I think where I hang out the most is Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Um, you can check out the website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com, all the ways to work with us and all the content. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the record-breaking, the CLS experience. We just launched a book club, which is totally free, but it's exciting. It's a fun community of like-minded individuals. Right now, we're reading a book called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm working on getting all the authors in there. Obviously, the CLS membership. And if you like daily inspiration and nuggets and tools that you could apply immediately, it's totally free. Join our free CLS texting community by texting 917-634-3796. You heard it right here, ladies and gentlemen. Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Everything got going on. He's got a ton of Instagram lives that he does as well. Had one this morning that I checked out for a little bit before we came on. I mean, it's awesome what you're doing, man. I can't wait to connect again soon. I'd love to pick your brain about a whole hell of a lot more. Could probably go on for three, four hours if I wanted to, but I know you got some calls coming up. You got your day sorted out. But this was uh, episode 480 of the podcast. Again, we are sponsored by these guys right here, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale. We got the NFL divisional round coming up this week. You got any picks, uh, Craig, this week for the NFL? 
I got to go with my boy, uh, TB12, Tom Brady. Uh, I know Naturally. they have a tough matchup, and they're just riddled with injuries. But you never count that guy out because he's a leader, and he elevates every single person around him. Uh, and that's just a beautiful thing. And you got to respect greatness. So that's that's really what I'm excited about. And also the Buffalo Bills because a couple of them are my friends, Eric Wood, we just had on the podcast, and I know he's pushing for them. So I'd like to see them do well uh, in addition. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm a free game this week. Really, I don't care I anymore. Thought this year was going to be different, straight up. Everybody, I do every single year. This year I was numb, though. I'm like, no expectations. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to laugh if it goes awry, and I laughed when it went awry. You ran it up the middle with no timeouts left. Yeah, but it shouldn't even have come to that. They're, you know, they had a good year. Uh, what, let me ask you, what happened to Zeke? Is he injured or is he just regressing? He's been, he he's been battling. Hard? He had a hamstring injury that he was battling. And as any athlete would know, you a runner. You know, that's a nagging injury just mentally, you know, to get over. And I a few back injury as well. I know he had back surgery a few years back. So he, he had a few little nagging things. He was not on his A game this year. He was not Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Not at all. Shame. I really thought they were stacked, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, again, I, I am numb to it. We'll see. If they make the NFC Championship game one of these years, I'll get excited, but not now. I'm with you, though. TB12, Tom Brady is an inspiration. Not to be on the bandwagon for him, though, but I love watching him succeed, and I hope they win. They go to another NFC Championship matchup, hopefully against uh, Aaron Rodgers, AR12, you could call him, which would be very fun to watch, Two, two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But yeah, this was episode 480 of the podcast with Craig Siegel. Again, at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. If you want to go follow all of his stuff, very inspirational stuff. Uh, Zach, hit the lights, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.